0: You are listening to audio from New Life Foursquare. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org. It feels weird because it's January 7th to say Happy New Year, but Happy New Year. I was thinking about all the jokes, right? I haven't seen you guys in a year. And I decided not to say it, but then I said it anyway. Um, I started the first Sunday of the year off, right? I broke a microphone. Uh, about five minutes before service started, so I know, oh no, it's my own fault. I, I fiddle with those over ear mics too much. Um, anyway, props to all of you who are in somewhere between Genesis twenty and thirty of your one year Bible reading plan this year. Good job. my hat 's off to you. Anybody doing that? You decided i 'm going to read through the Bible this year don 't be shy, anybody? No because you already have it committed to memory. Well, if you are doing that and you're going straight from Genesis to Revelation, bless you. Because it's going to be difficult until, like, March. Because you're like, oh, Genesis, creation story. Yeah, that's cool. And then Joseph and all that cool stuff. And then Exodus. And then you get to Leviticus and you're like, oh, man, I don't want to do this anymore. But push through. Push through. As you make it through there, you're going to be good. It's going to get better. I promise. I promise. Anyway, 2018, hashtag new, new year, new me, hashtag fit life. I've been seeing that one a lot. People posting pictures in their workout clothes. I love looking at social media like the new year. Because One of my friends is uh, a pastor. He's decided that he is going to read any book that a person gives him. You give him a book, he's dedicated to reading it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, ooh, what? What books can I send him? <laughs> anyway. Top three resolutions this year, and I think every year, uh, eat better, exercise more, and save more money slash spend less money. Anybody, any, any one of those is your resolution? The first two are mine. Eat better and exercise more. That's what I need to do. But somewhere toward the end of... December and like the middle of January we start uh, setting these goals and making these decisions and this is what I'm gonna do this is gonna be my best year yet we make these resolutions we buy gym memberships right we 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 shop at Whole Foods gyms and Whole Foods really make out like bandits during the new year they make so much money Right? We think of all the possibilities that can make the next year, this year, better than the one that we just came out of. Right? And we find ourselves living in between the memory of the previous year and hope for the year to come. We find ourselves living between memory and hope. And it's this in-between state that we're not super comfortable with. Right? We're not completely comfortable with that in-between state because we don't want things sometimes to be like they were, but we're hopeful that they're going to be better, so it's kind of this awkward stage, so we make resolutions. We want to change. We want to do things differently. We want to be better. Change is not necessarily bad. Right? Change will do you good. And the desire to better ourselves is a good thing. Wanting to be a better person, there's nothing wrong with that. Right? Change can get us out of bad habits. Change can get us into better habits. Change can um, teach us to adapt. It can help us develop resilience. But change can also be costly. It can be stressful. And it can be destructive. Because sometimes in our zeal to change and for things to be different, sometimes we're willing to do Anything that needs to happen, anything that we can think of to make things different, and we will change even if the method of change is a bad method. Even if we're going about things in a bad way because we're so desperate to escape the current situations. And one thing that I've learned when it comes to the whole New Year's resolutions or resolutions in general is that if I'm trying to change myself by my own power, I'm usually going to fail it's usually not going to work if I'm trying to do things just me, right? If I'm trying to make this major life change and I'm relying solely on my own willpower, most of the time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to fail. The only way that I have found that my plans succeed is when I submit them to God. But what happens is when I submit my plans to God, when I'm like, okay, Lord, this is what I want to be different. So, what do you want? Or I'm giving this to you, right? I want change like this. But when I give those things to the Lord, I usually have to wait longer than I want to. And the process of change usually takes a lot longer than I want it to take. And that's because God is at work. And I shared this last week. Um, His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He knows better than I do. He knows what I need to go through and what the, the, the things that I need to walk through in life better than I do. And so I need to trust him and believe that he's been doing this longer than I have. And he's done this with billions of people and helped them through things and helped bring about positive change in their life. So I can trust that God knows my life better than I know my life. So I make plans, but the Lord determines my steps. And What we see, what I've seen in my life and what we see throughout Scripture is there is a time and there is a place for everything that the Lord has planned uh, in my life and in humanity in general. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Um, I made a connection this week that I don't know how I didn't understand this um, before this week doing this message. But this song has been burned into the frontal lobe of my brain for about 13 days, so my goal is to make sure it's burned into all yours. So there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die. You know that song by the birds? In every season, turn, turn, turn. Word for word. How many of you knew that? Of course you knew that because you're better than me. It's okay. Older. Yeah, we'll take that. Older. A time for everything and a season. But I was like, where have I heard this before? Oh, in a song. A time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is an appointed time for everything. I don't want to give that away yet. And Just like the world around us, our lives go through seasons. Right? We have seasons of growth. We have seasons of, of newness. We have seasons of, of, of new things springing up. And then we have seasons where we don't see so much growth. Right? But what we know is that springtime will always come. And when spring comes, that brings growth. But there is a time for everything. Everything. Everything that we go through is appointed by the Lord. There's a time for everything. And our lives, just like the world around us, will go through seasons. And that growth and progress and and newness that we want is often packaged by God in a season. And each of, each of those seasons in our lives will bring something new. It will bring new opportunities for growth. It will bring new potential, new relationships, uh, new possibilities, learning new things about ourselves, new things that we learn about God and his character and his nature. But sometimes the new and embracing the new, grabbing a hold of that new thing that God wants for our life requires us letting go of something from our past. Letting go of something maybe painful. Letting go of something that is maybe dragging us down or is not the best for us at that time. And so our key thought this morning, embrace the new that God wants for your life. Embrace the new that God wants for your life. And I love Pastor John's message last week because he was talking about blessings and he was saying, chase after those blessings. Be like Jacob. Wrestle with God. Go after those things that you want. Be persistent about it. And so today, I just want you to understand that embrace the new that God wants for your life. If we know that seasons change and that each season brings something new, then we should live with faith that the God who changes everything, who changes the season, who directs the order of life, will see us through everything, good or bad, and that there's always an opportunity for us to learn something new through that process, to receive something new from the Lord through that process, through the seasons. The concept of God doing a new thing is something that we should be familiar with, right? It's all throughout the scriptures, right? And so living in the new identity, God gives us a new identity, and living in that new identity that he gives us is our responsibility and our privilege. Ephesians 4 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And in Christ, we've been given a fresh new start, and John shared that this morning. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And that same concept of becoming new and having that new identity, right? And like my wife shared this morning, um, his compassions, his mercies, they're new every morning. So we can constantly live with that fresh start. Right? We, can come, we, don't, we don't have to be burdened and held down by the things that we've done in our past. We don't have to be burdened and, and by, by our past mistakes or by things that have happened to us that we are offered a fresh start. It's not a license to just go and do whatever you want, but the Lord is able to reset things for us. Right? We are able to come to God and receive that compassion and mercy new and afresh when we need it in our lives. This new identity doesn't just automatically mean new growth and new increase. We want it to work that way. And I've seen a lot of people that get, uh, like, upset after they get saved. Like, they, they give their life to Jesus, and then they go to work, and they still have relationship problems. They go home, and there's still some things that they're trying to work through in their marriage. Or they get a parent gets saved, and their kid doesn't automatically do everything right. Right? But it, God never promises that when you give your life to him, he's going to wave a magic wand and... You know, he's not going to marry Poppins your life and put everything back into its rightful place. But he does promise that he's going to be with us and that he will send his Holy Spirit and walk with us and give us the capacity through his spirit to be able to get through this thing that we call life. So that new identity gives us the capacity to embrace the new, the new uh, growth and embrace the new progress that God wants to do, right? We call that faith. We, we have faith to be able to see that maybe the situation that we're in now, that God can change it and make it better. And when we walk in faith, when we live out that new identity, when we follow closely next to the Lord and walk through life, inviting him into the process, then we start to see that growth and progress become tangible things in our life. We start to see the fruits of what we are going through and the fruits of a life spent with Jesus, we start to see those blessings take shape in our life. with me? So embrace that new identity. Embrace that new identity. But if we want to see the new growth, if we want to embrace the new that God has for our life, we want to see that growth, we want to see that increase, we want to see that progress, we have to recognize the season that we're in And we have to cooperate with the Lord through that season. We have to recognize that season, and we have to cooperate with the season. So where are you? Recognize the season. Where are you? The most important thing about navigation is understanding where you are. Not where you're going, but where you are currently. Uh, My wife and I, we, we did all our Christmas shopping like December 20th, right? Yeah, it was totally weird. Um, but we went to Delamo Mall, which was a huge mistake, huge mistake to go to the mall December 20th. There was people everywhere, and it drives me nuts. You know how, like, you're driving down the street, you drive this way, and the other cars come this way. People don't do that when they're walking. Right? There should be, especially when there's thousands of people at the mall, let's establish some lanes of traffic, okay? But I'm walking this way, and there's like a family with 17 strollers like, coming right at me. I'm like, I don't, I don't, where do I go? There's nothing to do. But we're trying to find a store. So I was like, okay, let's find a directory. So I find a directory, and I look through the bajillion stores, and I find it, and I see where it is. But then I'm looking for that big star, you know, that says, you are here. It's not there. I could not find it, so I know where I'm supposed to go, but I don't know where I am. So I'm looking around. Okay, there's the store right there. Is where is that store? It was so difficult, right? When I first started driving, um, you, but I didn't have like maps. I didn't have Google Maps on my cell phone. It was like a it was a razor flip phone. And so there was I didn't know how to get around. So my grandma bought me a map. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know how to read a map. So whenever I would go somewhere, I would have to map it out on MapQuest on the computer and then print out the directions, and then I would like lay them out on top of my dashboard, and I'm like looking while I'm driving, right? But you need to know where you are to figure out where you're going. What season of life are you in right now? Where has God placed you in this moment in time? And we often spend so much time looking at the past with regret, And thinking, what if I would have done this differently? Or we look to the future and we're so hopeful for things to be different that we miss what the Lord is doing in the present. What is God trying to teach you now? Again, don't be burdened so much by the past. And don't be so set on the future coming that you miss the present. That you miss what the Lord is doing right now he has everything already mapped out. He already has printed out the map quest for you, right? But he shows us time by time. I, when, we, when I use the, the navigation in my car, I will like look at the entire thing, right? Because See where all the turns are, so I know ahead of time what's going to be happening. Sometimes, like if, if I don't If I haven't done that and my wife is trying to navigate us somewhere, it drives me insane because she doesn't tell me until, like, right about when it's about to happen, right? And so you're going to turn right in, like, half a mile. And I'm like, that's too stressful for me. You should have told me 10 miles ago. But she's learned that about me and my weirdness, so she'll give me, like, three steps ahead. But that's what we want, right? That's what we want with God, Lord, don't just tell me, uh, you know, a a week before it's going to happen. Don't just tell me right when it's happening. I want to know ahead of time. But we have to trust that he has everything mapped out already, right? I completely trust that if we're ever lost in the car and Christina's with me, we're going to be okay. She can read a map and she knows where we're going. And I will stop and ask for directions if I need to. But the Lord doesn't always work that way. But we can trust him in the process. We can trust that every twist, every turn, every hill, and every decline that he brings us through in life is ordained by him. And it's going to be okay. And that if we trust and follow and believe and have faith in the process, we will reach our destination safely. You will get to where God is asking you to go. But when we don't like that and we want to jump the process, that's when we get lost. That's when we go through seasons of life not knowing anything, not hearing from the Lord, not being able to uh, discern what God has for us because we're so busy trying to do things on our own that we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, that we're not trusting in God's plan for our life, that we're not submitting to the season that he has. Recognize the season. Where are you? And then cooperate. Cooperate with the season. What can you learn? And more importantly, cooperate with God. Don't fight God in the process. Because you're going to lose. God has enough time to wait on. Like he created time. Time is literally a figment of his imagination. So he can wait for you to get your things in order until you're ready to get back on track with him and cooperate with the process, cooperate with the season, right? What is he teaching you? What are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about others? What are you learning about mercy and grace and forgiveness? What are you learning about the character and the nature of God during the season? Sometimes the seasons can be shorter, Sometimes they can be a lot longer. The Israelites were in the desert for a lot longer than they were supposed to be because they were not willing to cooperate with what God was doing. I don't want to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. I want to get on board with what the Lord is doing in my life and get to where he's bringing me. Right? But whether you view the current season that you're in as good or bad, your job is to invite the Lord to be a part of it. And to cooperate with what he is wanting to do in your life. But we don't always want to do that because sometimes the season that we're in is full of grief and sorrow and and disappointment. Sometimes we're happy and excited to get on board with what God is doing because we're seeing blessing come. We can see the good things happening. So our cooperation with what the Holy Spirit is doing sometimes is solely based on what God has done for us lately. And that's not the right way to look at it. The way to look at it is to embrace the good and the bad and to see the Lord work through both. Because both seasons will come. But we can find joy and we can find hope and we can find God's presence in everything that we go through the good and the bad. And a lot of times these seasons of life, this happiness, grief, joy, sorrow, disappointment, all of it is connected to people, right? It's connected to the relationships that we have. It's connected to your spouse or your kids or your extended family. It's connected to um, your work environment. Sometimes it's connected to church, right? Sometimes it would be so much easier to follow God if there was nobody else around me. Sometimes, right, it would be easier to go to work if you didn't have to deal with people. It would be easier to parent your kids, to deal with your spouse, if they just did everything that you told them to do. Right? I wonder if God ever, it would be so much easier, guys, to be your God if you would just do what I'm telling you to do. Like, you, it would be so much easier. I feel like we're going to get to heaven, and God's going to show us. Like, I think there's going to be, like, heaven YouTube, and it's going to, like, type in Mike Jonaitis 2017, and it's going to be like, pause. What were you thinking? <laughs> be like, could you, if you would have just made this decision that I know I told you and you heard me, you wouldn't have had to go through all this nonsense. I know, God, I'm sorry. Hindsight's 20-20, right? I don't, your ways are higher. Anyway, sometimes life would be so much easier if we didn't have to deal with people. But that happiness, that grief, the relationships that we go through, they're all things that are part of the human experience. They're all things that we were designed to be a part of. God created us for relationship. He created us with emotions. He created us with the ability to be happy and the ability to be sad and the ability to be really angry at 1130 at night because your neighbors decide above you that they're gonna have a dance party with their dog. And 1201 p.m. is the time where you move furniture apparently also. I don't understand but I am like an like old man. I grabbed a broom and I was like, hey, knock that off. I'm trying to sleep. And I got, it was bad. I got really passive aggressive. I like opened the door and I was like, hey, Christina, what do you think those people are being so loud for? And she like looks at me and I'm like, you're right, that was bad. Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Maybe I need to go give them a gift. Here's a gift. Here's, it's called the silent game. You should play it every night from six to ten. It's great. Anyway. <laughs> those situations, feeling angry, feeling happy, doing all that stuff that we have with people makes us human. Right? So we we get to a new year, and at the beginning of the year, we give thanks for the joy that we've gained through those relationships, right? We're thankful. I don't know, it's, it's always that. Maybe you did like the 30 days of thankfulness thing that they do on social media all the time, like taking a picture of what you're thankful for, whatever it is. We have that moment of thankfulness and the joy and the happiness that we gain from friendships and from positive family connections and from all those things that bring us joy. And we anticipate many more positive events, right, because our lives are enhanced when we include people into it, when we bring people into our lives and include them in the journey along with the Lord, it enhances the journey. But as we do that, we're also opening ourselves up to pain. We're also uh, opening up ourselves to the possibility of being vulnerable before people and experiencing heartache. We take the risk of somebody else's pain Becoming our pain, and we might be walking through a good season, but somebody in our family or one of our close friends is going through something hard, and we look at it like, oh, you're you're raining on my parade. Everything was going so great. But even in that, what is the Lord wanting to teach you, and how can you cooperate with his plan? Right? The future gives us hope, and especially as believers, we have a hope for the future. I think it was Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. We have a hope for our future. And the past, the memories and the things that we've gone through give us a foundation sometimes for our lives and for meaning and for what this thing called life actually is. And all of it is a part of the gift of life that God has given us. The good, the bad, the the good relationships, the sometimes ugly relationships, the sometimes painful experiences, and then the very happy, awesome, you know, I'm going to cry experiences. When we embrace those things as individuals, as family members, as brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and mothers and daughters and families of the body of Christ. We embrace all of it. And that's what the Lord is asking us to do. Whatever the circumstances of the season brings, whatever that season of life brings you, the Lord is bigger than this one moment in time. The Lord is bigger than this illness. The Lord is bigger than this divorce. The Lord is bigger than this um, losing your job, this financial situation, this struggle with your children. The Lord is bigger than all of that. And I promise you, it's just a season. It's just a season. But even in the bad season, even in the, the good seasons, we know that those always don't last right? The good season always don't last. And it's not okay for you to just check out during a bad season of life. It's not okay for you to just check out and say, I don't want to be a part of what's going on right now because I don't like it. I promise you there is something that God is teaching you in that. And if you cooperate with it, it's not going to be as bad as you think it will, or as bad as it seems right now. Find that new growth and new progress that he wants to bring. Because if we can recognize the season. Whatever. we working? New year, new technology. Okay. If you can click it for me, that would be fantastic. Hello. All right. Cool. We're back on. I forgot where I was. Oh, if you can recognize, there it is. Oh, yes. Thank you, God. If you can recognize the seasons of life, and you can cooperate with God through the process, you will see God do something beautiful. You will see God do something beautiful. It's not a maybe it will happen. It's not a hope it will happen. If you can be a part of the process you will see God do something beautiful in your life. He said, it's, "He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. The point of this verse, right, is that everything, everything, even those things that happen to you because of other people, God will redeem. God will make those things beautiful. Even the things that have happened to you that were of no fault of your own, God can and will redeem that. And you can see beauty in that. But the tension of this verse is that we don't always understand or agree with or want to be a part of the process. Right? And we ask questions. Why why did this happen to me? Why was I born this way? Why did my parents treat me like this? Why was it such a struggle raising my kids? Why did I lose that job? Why didn't I get that job that I was after, that I felt I deserved? God, why did you let these things happen? Why did you take my friend? Why am I missing out on that blessing? But our problem is we're focusing on the wrong thing. We were in uh, Pismo Beach a while back, and they have this, like, butterfly area where there's, like, 50,000 butterflies. And they're all just clumped up. It looks like dead leaves, but then they have these telescopes. You look, and it's all these butterflies. Right? So we go and we're looking at this, like, butterfly exhibit that they have in the middle of the park. And it has, like, this close-up picture of a cocoon and, like, what the, the whole process of becoming a butterfly. And looking at the cocoon, it's like, that's disgusting. Like And the caterpillar, like a close-up of a caterpillar, like you see a caterpillar far away and maybe it's like colorful and you're like, oh, that's cute. But like a really close-up picture of a caterpillar is gross. But that's what we focus on, right? We focus on the nasty-looking fuzzy cocoon that's constricting and we don't want to be a part of, like my suit jacket. (laughs) But God plans, and sets in motion the butterfly. We just want to, we don't want to go through that cocoon. I don't know what the, the science term is. Transmorphosis, or I don't know, whatever it is. We don't want to go through that process, right? We just want to go from, from, my life sucks right now. Where's my butterfly? But you know what I learned about butterflies too? Close-up pictures of them, gross. <laughs> Ugly. We see the painful process. We see the thing that we're going through that we don't like. But God sees the value of the finished product. God sees what your life is going to be once you're through this difficult time of life. And he so desperately wants you to take hold of that and embrace it. A lot of times there's something we need to learn in the process. We see today. But God is working on forever, right? We get caught up in the wrapping, but God sees the gift. He sees what's inside. Uh, Oh my gosh. At Christmas time, my father-in-law drives me insane. You give him a gift and he will like perfectly undo the tape without ripping any of the wrapping paper. And then he takes the wrapping paper off and he folds it. All of this, Linda's like, yeah, it's, it's normal, All of this he does before he looks inside. And and if it's in a paper bag, like he takes the paper out and he folds the paper. Here, would you take this, please? And it's like five minutes to unwrap a gift. I'm just like, But I get frustrated because I'm like, just look at what's inside. The paper doesn't matter. It's going to go in the trash. We get so caught up in the way things look and the appearance that we miss the deeper work that the Lord is trying to do. But God will show us the deeper work if we cooperate, if we be a part of it. And we will see the beautiful thing that he has for us. He makes everything beautiful in its time, including your loss, including your perceived failures, including your brokenness, including your battles, including your, the, the, the fragmented dreams, the things that you think you've lost. Those lost romances your heartache, your illness. God will make all of it beautiful in its time. Without him, life is miserable and life is meaningless. And that's actually what the author of Ecclesiastes says, meaningless, meaningless, life is meaningless. But the deeper picture that he's, a bigger picture that he's painting is that with God, Life has meaning. Life has purpose. With God, those seemingly terrible moments of your life have meaning, have purpose. With God, all of those things that you struggled with in your past, God is redeeming them. And you can see this beautifully woven picture of what he's doing in your future using what has happened to you in your past. And he will make everything beautiful in its time. You don't have to fear painful or undesirable circumstances because in Christ we have a hope for the future that in between is a struggle. Can you go back to the scripture? Can I go back to the scripture? I can. Where are you? What season of life are you in, right? I'm right here, a time to be born, or not, I'm sorry, a time to plant and a time to uproot. I guess you can say there's a time to be born in there too. Time to plant and time to uproot. The Lord showed me very clearly that he is uprooting things from my life and he is planting something new. Maybe one of these things resonates with where you are right now. From either of these two slides. Where do you find yourself and what do you find yourself doing in between the memory of the past and hope for the future? Where are you? What is God speaking to you? And how is he asking you to respond and cooperate with him? Maybe you're despairing. Maybe you're regretting. Maybe you're comparing yourself. Maybe you're condemning yourself or others. If you're doing any of those things, you're wasting your time. It's a complete waste of time. God is making all of it, the past, the present, the future, everything, He has appointed all of it for a specific time, specific place, a specific reason, and he's making it beautiful. He's making it beautiful. In that in-between stage, I feel like I'm always in the in-between stage. I feel like once the blessing comes and once I get what the God, what the Lord has promised. He's wanting to move me on to something new already. He's wanting it to be fresh like the manna from heaven. He doesn't, I don't think that God wants me to live on yesterday's blessing. I think the Lord wants something new for me. So I feel like I'm always in that season, living between memory and hope. And I'm always anticipating the new that God is wanting to do in my life. I don't want to look back on what God did five years ago. I want to look back at what God did yesterday and be hopeful for what he's going to do tomorrow and anticipate that. Discern where I am and how I can be a part of God's plan because he's inviting you to be a part of his beautiful work. Recognize him, cooperate with him, and watch him do something beautiful. And you don't have to do it by yourself. That's the other beautiful part of life, that we're created for relationship and we're created to do life together, right? Not only are there people in this room that have probably, if you're going through a tough time right now, there's probably somebody else here that's gone through it too and seen God work and seen God do something beautiful. So when we open ourselves up and become vulnerable with others, when we join a small group, when we come to prayer, when we get involved with God's people, We learn so much about God, about others, about ourselves, about love and mercy and grace and forgiveness and wholeness and everything because we can see how other people have gone through it. But not just that, we have a Savior who has walked this road. We have a high priest who knows what it's like to be human. We have a Savior, a God who knows what it's like to struggle, who knows what it's like to have good seasons and painful seasons. And we know that his compassions, his mercies are new every morning, right? The book of Hebrews tells us we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, men and women of faith who set an example of what it looks like to live a faithful, fruitful life. We have Jesus, we have the scriptures, and we have the people in this room. You don't have to do things by yourself. I'm going to invite the worship team. You guys can come up. Embrace the new that God wants for you. Embrace the new progress that God wants in your life. Embrace the new growth. But embrace where you are now. If you're going through a season of pain You can find God. When the disciples were struggling in the storm, Jesus was there. When Daniel was in the lion's den, the mouths of the lions were shut. When the three men were in the fiery furnace, Jesus was with them. When Jesus was on the cross, God was there. And whatever painful thing you might be going through, God is with you. Whatever exciting thing you're going through, God is with you. Whatever season you're in, God is there. We don't have to pray this elaborate prayer to to somehow compel God to want to be a part of our life. He's there. We just need to recognize His presence with us. What is he teaching? What can you learn? And how can you embrace the new that God wants for you this year, this season? If you can do that, then you start to relinquish control of your life and your plans to him, and you can watch him like a Uh, Just the greatest painter, the greatest architect, just making this beautiful thing out of your life. If you would have talked to teenage Mike, teenage Mike would say, I'm very depressed and my life looks meaningless. There's no way that my life can turn out to be anything other than garbage because that's all I've seen. But when I see it from God's perspective, my viewpoint changes. You might think that your life is meaningless. You might be so depressed and think that everything, the world is against you. But you can see it from God's point of view. You are his masterpiece. And he's not done with you yet. He's not yet finished the painting. He's not yet finished building up the beautiful thing that He has in your life. I promise you, if you submit your plans to Him, submit your life to Him, recognize God in the midst of your pain, and you will see Him do a beautiful thing. I'm going to invite our ushers and communion servers to come up because... The reason we can do all of this, the reason we have access to the Lord the way that we do, the reason that we can understand and know that God is with us. In the Old Testament, God would come to a place and they would do so, he would do something in the person's life and they would build a monument to him and then they would move on. And they had to come back to these monuments, these temples, these places uh, where they had experienced God in the past in order to experience his presence again. But we know that through Jesus, it doesn't work that way anymore. That we have access to the Lord. That God is with us. When we're here, when we're home, when you're at lunch today, when you're in an argument with somebody later this week, God is still there. And before you open your mouth and get yourself into trouble, think, okay, God, what do you want to teach me about this? But it all started with a God who came as a baby and grew up and walked through life and went through pains and went through struggles and and sat in the garden in a moment of despair and agony and said, God, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to if it's what you want. I'm going to submit to the process if this is what you want, Lord. Lord. And he allowed the God of the universe, allowed himself to be beaten, to be broken, to be killed, to be nailed to a cross, allowed himself to die, taking on the struggles and the punishment and the sin of all of us so that we don't have to live in despair. He was buried, and three days later, he was risen from the grave. And he ascended to heaven, and he said, look, death couldn't hold me down. Death couldn't stop me. Hell couldn't stop me. The gates of hell could not prevail against my kingdom. And that same power that rose Christ from the dead, he's saying, here, I'm giving it to you. He's saying, that same spirit that brought life to my dead body, is going to bring life to your dead situations, is going to bring life to the season of of cold winter that you're seeing, and the springtime is coming, and it's going to bring growth. So before we get into communion, I just, would you guys just, just close your eyes for a second? I just, it's not like a more spiritual thing, and it doesn't mean that we're more holy when we do that, but I think it's, for me at least, if I can close my eyes, I'm shutting myself off to all these other distractions. Life is not meaningless. And the author of Ecclesiastes starts that way, but he ends with the notion that life with God has so much value and meaning. And if you've been walking through life without Jesus, it might seem that life is meaningless. And it might seem like nothing good is happening. But I can tell you that a life submitted to God, a life given to Jesus, and recognizing and accepting that gift of salvation, saving us from ourselves, saving us from condemnation, saving us from our past, through the cross of Christ, is a life worth living. And if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, to give him your life completely and say, God, I've tried making resolutions. I've tried doing this New Year's thing on my own and it doesn't work. So God, I'm inviting you to be a part of it. And if you would like to give your life to Jesus for the first time, I just wanna just wave at me real quick. I'm not gonna call you out or make you come up. Just raise your hand so I can see it. Okay, awesome. Now I'm just gonna ask everybody to stand. You can open your eyes so you don't like trip. As the ushers release you after I pray, um, I just want you to understand that the broken body and shed blood of Jesus gave us a new start. And gave us a new identity. That already happened. It's not going to happen again when you eat it. It's not going to be like, ooh, I'm new again. Right? There's no power in this, but there's power in Jesus. And so we are remembering that sacrifice that he made. And just remember that you live a life and serve a God who offers you a fresh start every day. And that's what this represents. That today can be your day to start fresh. And maybe the resolution you need to make is to not make a resolution, but to give those plants to the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for change. We thank you for new seasons. God, we thank you for the, the awesome season of planting and, and rain and seeing that, that new growth. We also thank you that there's a time to harvest. We also thank you, God, for the summer and the winter and all the things that happen in our life that we might not always agree with, God. I thank you for all of it because it is what makes us uniquely human. God, and I thank you that you are there through each step of the process. God, I thank you that we are not defined by our past, that our memories of the past don't have to be painful, but that when we walk with you, we can see, God, that like in my life, even though I never had that earthly father, that you were always the example of what I never had here on earth. God, that you protected me and you saw me through all those hard times. And I pray for each one here, God, that they would see that even in those painful experiences of their past, God, you were there, that you were weeping with them, God, that you were offering your comfort, God, and that you've brought us here today so that we can understand and believe that you are for us, that you are not against us. So as we come and receive the elements this morning, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would give us the hope of a fresh start Holy Spirit that you would help us to embrace that new identity that you've given embrace that new identity and to walk in faith for your plans for our life so that we can start to see the tangible growth and the tangible blessings and we thank you so much Thank you for listening to audio from New Life Foursquare, located in Harbor City and Norwalk, California. Feel free to make copies of this audio to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or change the content in any way without permission. For more information, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org.